Total Monster this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkson, and I'm here talking all things. So for Devil's Germany show this week, as ever, we've got Paul Whiteside. How's your week been, mate? Travelling the country up and down. Tell us your journeys today. Today I've been to Accrington, West Orton, and Wivenshaw. Tomorrow wow. I've got all over to I've got a witness and Warrington tomorrow, so yeah, I don't I don't like going to witness and Warrington and St. Helens and them sort of places. So but no, it's been it's been good. It's been busy, it's getting busy now and keeping me keeping me fit, running running up and down stairs all day. So yeah, I'm doing all right, mate. Today's been a bit of a funny day, catching up on my phone and and what have you, but uh, doing that news and what have you this morning. But I don't get a lot of time to to go on my phone really, so until the end of the day. So so perhaps being busy is good, a good thing. Yeah, keeping Britain warm and keeping you away from flammables, flammables when bad news comes. That's that's the plan. Yeah, that that's it, mate. To be honest, yeah, I catch up with stuff and that, and people phone me up every now and again. But it's very rare I can answer the phone because I'm always busy doing something. But um, but no, it's been it's been good. It's been a decent week so far, and I'm looking forward to weekend, mate. A couple of days off. Good, good. Also, join us. We've got Paul Parkin. Uh, how's your week been, mate? How are the eyes? Yeah, not bad. Not as glamorous as Paul's. I don't, I don't get to these sunny locations. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I'll be honest, I've done Jaffa this week. I, yeah. I've not done a thing that I can think of of any note. Yeah, no, my eyes are up. They're all right. They're, they're where they are. Do you know what I mean? I can't, I, can't, I can't do much with them at the moment. But yeah, no, other than that, it's, all I will say is, you know, there's never a dull moment, is there? So today, like Paul said, today's been interesting. I've spent a lot of time flicking through social media and didn't kick particularly well last night so uh, I was on it literally all night reading stuff and preparing for today I think it was a bit like Christmas Eve but in a bad way <laughs> but yeah you know other than that my life at the moment I'm not going to complain there's people a lot worse off than myself so it's uh, it's just a shame that the season's over for us and I haven't got anything to look forward to in that way yeah, this is the, the, the sort of the darkest part, isn't it, really? She's just finished. We've got a long wait, haven't we, till February. Night's getting darker. Paul's getting busier. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's just grim. But hopefully we have a few things planned over the off-season to keep our listeners excited. A couple of weeks to podcast awards. Evening in London. Very excited about that. Got my ticket today. Situated on a balcony looking down on the stage. I am. All the tickets in the main sort of bowl had gone. 400 tickets. I was like, I've got to get in here before I can't not go. So we're on a balcony. So I might take my little red flag, hang it from the balcony so we, I can see it on the stage if we win, Parker. Yeah, that'd be good. Well, I mean, if you win, you've got a long way to go to get down to the stage. Well, <laughs> that's a bit worry. You might have to parachute down or something. I don't yeah, know. yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, look, what, what will be, will be. But mm-hmm. I'm sure it'd be a. A really good night, and uh, yeah, I mean, we can we can only hope things go our way, but if they don't, we're there anyway. This is it. We've been nominated, we're up there, and that's that's all we can we can ask for. So yeah, should be should be a good night. And yeah. Hopeful. We were hopeful. Excited. Excited times. So loads going on. So we'll start with a, with a big news that broke today. So, Brody Croft and Andy Ackers have gone to Leeds Rhinos. Paul, obviously, we knew about Brody Croft. It's been an agonising wait for me because obviously we did the podcast two weeks ago and we were under the impression it was imminent and it took him two weeks to get the deal done. Yeah, it's been like a rumour every day and you've just been waiting. I mean, I must admit, I'm not really a Leeds person, but I've been, I don't follow their Twitter. 
they won't give them a follow, but I kept clicking on it every day to see if it had been updated or it had been announced. Because my mum texted me last night, or was it the night before, and said, oh, Brody's gone to Leeds. It's on their website, but it wasn't. It must have been that Leeds live, and she got a bit confused with it. And I thought, oh, no, he's not gone yet. And I kept thinking, well, he's not gone yet, so maybe he's not going then. Maybe it's a load of rubbish. And then, uh, obviously, it must have broke early doors this morning because I think I got a couple of text messages when I was on my way to Accrington. Stopped off for a coffee there and a bit of breakfast and that, and uh, I was reading all about that while I, while I had me brew, so so that that was great. But no, I, I think we, we saw that one coming. I didn't see the Andy Ackers one coming, to be honest with you, but disappointing, isn't it? It's disappointing to lose good players, there's no doubt about that. A player of, of star quality like Brodie Croft, I think it's a it's a bigger kick in the teeth, isn't it? Because he's, he'd be hard to replace somebody like that. So, and especially going to Leeds as well. I've no lover of Leeds, so I'd rather him got a Swinton than Blue Leeds, but, you know, it's a... It's, uh, Disappointing, but it's not going to change how we feel about Salford, is it? That's, let's get that out there straight away. So, so yeah, yeah, it's as disappointing as anybody else, but I'm not blaming people like certain people are on on Twitter and that. I think it's gone a bit of a meltdown today, and I think some people need to just wind it in a bit because it has gone a bit wild, hasn't it? And there's no need for half the stuff that's been said. Yeah, it's a fan meltdown, Parker, that causes more the most damage. I think it is said on the rugby league live website that the fee for both is around 300,000 which is a club record so that's a something to to take from it not enough no not enough by far I think Brody on his own is worth that so I, I, I'm very surprised uh that's that that does seem a bit low for me I mean I don't know what we got for debris that's another one that we don't know of but that was a record so well how much was that like? that makes it sound like that wasn't an awful lot you know so that's a bit disappointing but like you say, we knew we we knew Croft was was going, and I think when he resigned, we were all surprised. Obviously, the length of the contracts and everything went with it, but there was always that caveat that somebody was going to come in, and we we basically tied him down to make sure we got a fee, which is the right thing to do. We've seen Jacko, and we've seen loads of players in the past who've come to us. We've made them a name, and then they've gone, and we've got nothing for it. But at least this time, we've got something to show. For me, the Andy Ackers one really actually hurt me. A little bit. A guy we got from the championship, Paul Roll, has obviously worked wonders with him like he does with everybody. As I say, a sign of a really good coach. If you can improve players, not just take over a winning team, that's, that's not the same thing. And he turned him into an England international. And then if, if what the club are telling us is, is correct, he's, he, he's asked to leave at the same time. That's, that's disappointing. That's really disappointing. A little bit of Maybe it's mutual, the fact that we don't know what he earned, whether you know we could afford it or what, I don't know. But a little bit of payback for us would have been nice. But he's gone now. Uh, we move on. It's, it's, it's just... I, I, see, I see both sides of the argument and I, I understand why we had to do it. But it disappoints me. It's disheartening. I know lots of people who have, who have messaged me in the last week and like Paul said, there's been a lot of name calling and things like this. No... You don't need to go that far. Let's let's just stop that straight away. Rightfully, fans have got concerns, and that's that's fine. You're, just, you're a stakeholder. I don't mean as any shareholder. I mean you're actually this is your club. Whether you you've got shares, you've got seen to get what, whether you just read the paper to find out what the results are, it's still your club. But you can ask questions. That's that's exactly what authorities need. Otherwise, you end up like a government who's just running away with things. So I, I, I get that, uh, but the amount of people who've messaged me saying that's it. 
I'm throwing my season ticket in or I'm not renewing and it's not going to help. Um, but if that's how you feel, that's how you feel. I don't, don't go if you're not happy with it. I, I, I get that. Don't do something that make you happy. It's just ridiculous, isn't it? So that's the knock-on effect of it that does it hurt us more by by losing these players and saving money. Are we losing money because people aren't going to come? Sponsors may not want to be involved. I know he's a catch-22. I know the club have, have got to find this 300 grand that we've got might just fill that gap, but it doesn't help us improve as a club. That's the other side of it. It keeps us on a balance. And people are saying, well, I'll keep us in Super League. I, I don't want to just stay in Super League. I want to compete. I want to be good. I want to be going to finals again like we have done in recent years and semi-finals and being in the playoffs. And I don't want to go back to where we were 15, 20 years ago, even even a couple of years ago with Richard Marshall, where it was it was awful every week. You know, you, you're turning up thinking we've got beat already. I don't want to return to that. So he's finding that balance and seeing what the club do now. That's gone. Brody's gone. Croft's gone. Sorry, Akers is gone. Whoever else is going to go, he's going to go. But the club now need to be positive. Spread the spread good news. Give us something to go at. Say this: we've got this money now. That's that hole plugged. We can move on. Here's what we're going to do for next year and going forward. This is the plan. This is what we've got. And they, and if they if there is still financial difficulties and there are holes to fill, tell us. Tell don't don't hide behind things that we can't. This is what's causing the problem. A lot of the communication has been has been poor. And I don't expect the club to to come out on rumours. That's that's ridiculous. Nobody does that. Papers make rumours up. Don't I don't want that. But tell us about the financial situation. Tell us not through rumours and things we heard behind the scenes that. We struggle to pay the wages at the end of the month. We're going into the, the bleakest months now where the club get no money. But they've still got to pay players' wages. They've still got to pay the staff. Tell us about it. Let Be honest. I mean, this, this email today, again, it went to the shareholders. Didn't go to the season ticket holders. Now, you can get a share for 100 quid. You can pay three, 400 quid for your season ticket. Who's more important here? Why is it not gone to everybody? Why is it a bit of a secret squad? Why is it you're in this bit of the club, but you're not in that bit of the club? Tell everybody, be honest, and this will stop half of this name calling, half of these rumours about somebody's pocketing this, somebody's doing that. That's what we need to do. It needs clearing up and we can move on and forget the whole thing like we have done in the past and just rebuild the club again. Yeah. Number one, Parker, we're an opportunity club. It's We, we bring people in and say, we're going to give you an opportunity to play Super League they come in, they play Super League, we reward them with a Super League contract and then they take us to that next level. And if another club comes in with good money, they move on. But we we continue, we do have this conveyor belt at the moment of people who come in, everybody is going up in the direction which the club is going. People are upset, Paul, I get that. Like Parky said, the shareholders, owners got an email to say, this is what we're doing. And like Parky said, no one else did. So really, we have a two-tier system where if you're not a an, an owner or an investor, you're not important enough. But is that not what a press release is for? That that just goes out to every Tom, Dick and Harry for them to know. Is that not what a press release is? Or do we need a bit more? I think I said to you, Rob, at the time when this stuff come out about the shareholders and the owners, I remember saying to you, the club, the club could be opening a can of worms here because as soon as you say to somebody you own something and you put some money in something, you think that's yours and then you think that you've got privy to know about stuff and that's what people are saying now. I own the club, I'm an owner. You're not an owner. You made a donation towards the club, basically. That's what it is. But I'm the same. 
I think the club needs to just maybe work the way around that and bring it back together that everybody's part of this club. We're a community club, aren't we? So we were, so we were told. Mm. So I think if you are a community club, you've got to be in touch with the community. Like Parky said, you've got to engage with the community, let them know what's going on. Because otherwise, you're not a community club tonight because you're not getting people involved. So I think these emails and these communications should be going out to all season ticket holders and all shareholder members because we're all the same. We're all, you, like Pag said, you, you're buying three, four season tickets a season, two seasons, whatever. You're putting an awful lot of money in there. To be a season ticket holder is a big thing, whether it's a football club, a rugby league club. You're part of something there and you deserve a bit of respect, I think, from it as well. So... So I think you've got to um, you've got to treat your season ticket holders and your people who put your money up front. I think you've got to treat them with a bit of uh, courtesy and care because these people are, are the lifeblood of the club, the ones that are paying for the, the players' wages. So so I think that needs to be changed. But I can't remember what else I was going to say. No, <laughs> I was on a bit of a tangent there. But but no, I do. I think I think perhaps the club went about the the wrong way that that share thing. I think I think things were worded a bit wrongly and. I don't know. I think people sometimes pick the wrong end of the stick up, don't they, and that as well. So there's a lot of that going on at the moment and people want to know the ins and outs of stuff. And it's difficult. I mean, you've got any sort of football or rugby league club, you, you say, but you want answers and that. It doesn't always come out. No no club will come out and tell you everything because you're a supporter at the end of the day. You're not privy to being in the boardroom, are you, whatever. So I, I get that. I do get that. But I think there does need to be a bit more transparency. If you're asking people for money and asking for people to get behind things, you've got to be a bit more honest with them and, and keep them in the loop of what's going on. Yeah. Obviously, the the Twitter meltdown, uh, fans getting irate, talking about pulling, I'm going to pull this out, I'm going to get my money back, this is a disgrace. We went, well, there was the Reds rising meeting that took place in was it May, Parky? You went, me and Paul were on our holidays at that point. And Paul King did a big speech about what it was all about and how the fans sort of, it was all on the fans to get behind it and, and be active and, and find opportunities to grow the club. And it seems that that kind of message has been sort of missed. Everyone's just left that. And all people want to talk about is the fact that if we put all this money in and, and they said that Salford said that if we put all this money in, we're not going to sell any players anymore. It's, it's a turning point. I've looked back because because I, I was I was with um, me mate. I went to a birthday. I went to a party on Saturday. Slight change of direction, and I was talking to a Salford fan there, and I said to him. So he said, "What, what do you think?" I was well, you know, it's a it's a difficult situation. We'll have to wait and see how it plays out. But the club, like Paul said, might have to pivot, and the the Reds rise thing might have to pivot as well where the standing is now where there's no more money coming in. All these people who have put the money in now have a say or, or are, are active. And I said to him, well, we might have to pivot on that. And he was like, there's no way I'm putting any more money into this because of, because they said we aren't going to sell our best players if this happens. And I thought to myself, that's not the kind of thing that Paul King would say. So I came home and thought, well, I'll have a, I'll have a look and see if he did. So I, read, I went, I Googled Reds, Reds Rise again and read all, all his interviews did with various different outlets. I watched the Reds Rise again video press conference thing that everyone went to and Parky went as well. And never once does he mention that we put the money in, we're not going to have to sell players. And there's people out there on Twitter going mad that 
it's, it's, it's like it's de- he definitely said it. He's gone back on his word. It's an absolute disgrace. It's like the Mandela effect for me. It's like a soul for Mandela Mandela effect here, Parky. That he's he's definitely said it when he's not. I think he did say it. Not at that meeting. Not at that meeting. Before that, if we raise this money, we're not a selling club. We're not going to be selling. We're proving that we're not selling. And that that I I have heard that. I can't say I haven't. I'm not. I don't want to. I'm not taking sides. I just it, it, that came out of the club. Whether it was Paul King or anybody else, I don't know. But I remember hearing that at the time. It was printed. It wasn't. It wasn't at that meeting because that meeting was a, a a different kind of sort of a different target. Really, he probably said it'd help us not having to sell at that point. But not. We wouldn't have to sell. Of course, you have to sell it. Players want to go. Players clubs come in with stupid money. I mean, if someone offered. 400 grand for Amir Borough tomorrow, what do you do? You're not going to say, well, we're not selling club. I'll drop him off. You know, what, what, it's, it's, I'm, not, I'm not knocking Amir by I'm just saying as an example. I think the, the thing was at a meeting as well, it was it was outlined that how many shareholders or whatever they, they, they're called were, were there. We're, we're now salespeople for the club. Hmm. You're invested. You, you To get a return, not a return financially, but on your investment, you need to help us do this, right? As a club, as a community club. Brilliant. How do you as an individual, when you're disgruntled that your best players have gone, then go and tell your best mate to get involved with the club? And he goes, well, why? And you go, well, I don't know. I don't know why. Because I am. That's it. <laughs> we need something to be able to sell, to sell to people. And we're not, we, all we're doing, we're selling our assets, and I know we have to, see this is where it's conflicting because we have to, because the financial hole we we find ourselves in through, firstly through the the RFL and Sky, and then through our own inability to bring money into the club, that's that's the big one for me. We've never been self-sufficient anyway, so you can't blame other people all the time. It doesn't help, but other clubs are carrying on. I know that most of them are benefactors, but what we do? Are we out there looking for one? Are we? I don't know. Is is, is the club actively on a market? No, it's a community club now. So, what would a benefactor get out of coming in and trying to put money in when the shares are already everybody's one share for hundred quid or five hundred quid or fifty million? I don't know. I don't understand how that works now. How would it all have to be ripped up and rewritten the whole constitution of the club? I don't know. So, there's a lot. A lot of things need clearing up for me, but. The, the, the main thing is, it is going to get more difficult for the club now to bring people in, fans who have pat, lapsed, perhaps, fans who are at the moment disgruntled, sponsors. This, this is a problem because all the press is negative. No matter how you look at it, no matter what spin we could try and put on it, doesn't matter. What you read on the internet and in a paper and everything else, what the neutral person reads, what all the club's fans read, is negative about South Rugby League. And the worst thing is what players of other clubs read and players who may consider coming to Salford read is crisis. They sell. They've got to sell. They can't keep the players. Why would they go there? All this has to be put to bed and we need a positive spin now. And I don't know how you do that. Going out and signing the next Andrew Dixon's not going to do that, is it? So we haven't, clearly haven't got the money to do anything else. So I, I, I haven't got the answers, but there's a lot. I understand why fans are annoyed. I just hope they stick with us and hope they, they go with the heart rather than anything else at the moment and and realise what, 
what the club actually means to them. I think, I don't know if it was you that said, Paul, it's the badge on the front, not the name on the back. And that's correct, as simple as that. But I, I understand people at the moment. I understand why they're angry. Yeah. But like I said, if anyone can find it anywhere that he said that, tag me in. Because I've, I've watched the video. I've read loads of, like, I spent two hours looking through interviews with different people that he said, and he never said it once. So people are going mad for, for, no, for no reason. To be fair, when he had his interview with Matthew Shaw, he, he points out what the plans are. He talks about the levelling up fund. He talks about the stadium. He talks about other things. And he also mentions the fact that if we don't get this levelling up fund, he tells us the time scale and what they're looking for. I think what he talks about putting 200,000 in and the levelling up fund is 20, 80 split. So we put 200 grand in. Government gives us 800 grand, gives us a million. If we don't get a million, Paul, then we'll have, we'll have to sell players. He does say that. So he's, he's been open and honest about, about what has to happen if the funds don't come. Obviously, the funds, we're going to assume, haven't come because we're, we're doing this. But he's not he's not hiding anything from me. No, I agree with you. I was a bit cynical about stuff to myself. I wasn't. I didn't say it in public. It was just to myself, really, when all this stuff came out about this community share thing. I remember thinking to myself, can a community club compete at the highest level, with the likes of Wigan, with the likes of Leeds, with the likes of St. Helens, and Warrington as well, and Catalans. And and I still, I'm still 50-50, I don't know, because you do, there does come a time where you do need investment to keep up with these clubs. And you can say what you want about, we got we got 300 grand, 300 grand's bugger all, in, in terms of rugby league, mate. 300 grand has paid for Brodie Croft. So your supporters have raised 300 grand, and that's paid for a player. You need 20-odd players in a squad. So it's a lot. You're talking an awful lot of money, and which we haven't got at the moment. So I'm not a mathematician. I'm not good at maths. I was failed maths at school. I don't know about numbers and all that. I'm not very good with all that. But I remember thinking at the time, 300 grand's not a lot of money in the grand scheme of things. And you could raise 300 grand a season. And that's, that's asking a lot of your supporters that. But say you did raise 300 grand a season, what's that going to pay for? How many people is that going to be? How many players is that going to be? So it's not a lot of money. So there does come a time, I think, when you do need that investment. You do need sponsors. You need you need a, a backer, really, don't you? And if you've not got that financial backer and you are just run by a community, then it really hurts me to say this, but you're probably looking at League One or Championship because I don't think you can... I didn't want to say that, and I've, I've, I've been killing myself all week thinking it, but... It's tough, and and what how's IMG going to look at it? What they when they look at it and think, well, Salford they did a good did a good club. They've got a good community. There's a lot of people there, a lot of heart. But how how does that run? How how's that financially stable? And it, it kills me to say it, Rob. It really does. It, it hurts you. But it's, it's you just look at the cold hard facts, aren't you? Yeah, but what I'm saying to you is the Reds Rise Again scheme was all was only ever about infrastructure, Parky. We talk about being a community club. We've got a first team. We've got reserves. We've got a under 16s. We've got a 14s. We've got a 12. We've got a rising stars. We've got a ladies team. We've got a wheelchair team. We've got a learning disabilities team. We've got a physical disabilities team. They've got links into local community clubs. So we've got a skeleton there, right? And all this Red Rise thing was putting meat on the bone. It was about getting people in the club and, and around the club to seek out opportunities for funding 
to grow the club. I know what Paul's saying, and he's saying if it doesn't work, we we end up in the championship because you'll have the same old faces doing the same old thing, right? But this Reds rise, this Reds rising is a different kettle of fish. It's do or die now because we are we are the, the fans that drive this forward. We can't point the finger at anybody else. You've got to point the finger at yourself. If you put juice into this Red Rise tank and you're not actively helping the club, promoting the club, finding opportunities for them, then what what what, what are we doing this for, Parker? Yeah, we know that the money couldn't be used. That's that's a definite couldn't be used. For anyone who's listening who thinks, why, why didn't they just put that money into the players and pay the wage? That money raised could not be used for players, cannot be paying players' wages, could not. It had to be used behind the scenes at the club. We hired two or three new members of staff, I believe. I mean, I don't know what they're on, but if you want to hire professionals in certain areas, they'll cost you money. They'll cost you good money. £300,000, £350,000 doesn't go a long way if you're paying someone, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 grand a year or whatever, and you need, you might need five or six members of staff to come in. The point is for me now is we're not going to get that 360 grand next year for next season because the fans aren't going to do it. They're not. I mean, it's just some might, some might want to give money, but you're not going to raise that kind of money again because it's just not going to happen. So that commercial team now that we've paid for now needs to raise £360,000 in the next year to fill the gap that was made this year to keep their job going, right? Will they do that? I don't know. They might be absolutely unbelievable at the job and we might be sponsored by Emirates this time next year. Who knows? <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. But that money couldn't be used on players. So it, it's gone. That's, got, that's gone to where it should have gone. And I agree with you. The stuff that goes on at the club, the teams we've got, the, the, the community aspect is, is as good as anything we've ever had, easily. This is the most professional setup in many ways. It's the finances that are the issue. Just going on to, to what, what Paul was saying there as well. I mean, people go on about what happened to the debris money, and I'm I'm in that camp slightly. As in, I don't know how much we got. So if we got 20 quid, then it, it went on a new packet of Benson Edges or something. I don't know. But if we got 180,000 for it, right? And our player wage, let's say on average, a player might earn, I don't I did complete ballpark, 1,500 quid a week, average across the squad. Because you have the Brody Crofts of the world on big money, You'll have the Matty Costellos, whatever, on a smaller one. So let's just say that on 24 players, how far does £180,000 go to cover them wages? Because that's all it was doing. It wasn't going to go anywhere else. So people need to sort of think before they start having a pop that money, that's nothing. That is absolute peanuts to what it costs to run a full-time Super League club. The money has to come from the RFL and sponsorship. We know that. It isn't doing enough. Sponsorship from ourselves, season ticket holders and, and, and fans, and that it all has to come together. And we struggle on, on most aspects of that. But people need to just do a little bit of thinking, a little bit of maths, and just work out that it's not that easy to run a club. And like I said before, this time of the year now, we've got nothing coming in. We've got no games, mm. no match day sponsorship, nothing. To, to, we've still got to pay the players. They're still getting paid. The staff are still getting paid. You've still got rent and stuff to pay for the training facilities. You'll still need equipment. You'll have kit suppliers coming in to do stuff. A whole range of things are still going on. It doesn't happen for nothing. And unless you've got somebody at the top who can put their hand in the pocket and say, it's all right, lads, I can cover this. You've got to find that money. And that's what it's all for having to do now. Yeah. 
I think was it Carl Fitzpatrick, Salford's ex fullback, CEO of Warrington, had an interview with I think Love Rugby League and he said the average rugby league player is on seventy five thousand a year. We don't know whether the average software is on seventy five thousand a year, but as a as a pool of people, Paul, that's what he said. So that gives you an idea how much money is needed to fund people. In a in a weird way, Paul, I'd I'd like I'd like to think that the Tyler de Pre money is in a vault with the Willows turf money and the minor money. <laughs> <laughs> Really? Yeah, well, it just it just shows you, doesn't it? I mean, if 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 that's the case, I'd go I'd go with that. I'd say seventy five grand's probably about right, something mm-hmm. like that for a, for a player. Because I know you just said they I don't know what the, the average Salford players on, but well, if they weren't on seventy five grand, they wouldn't be playing for Salford, would they? They all want to go and play for somebody else, so yeah. they must be on that sort of money. So you could add your Tyler Dupree money to your Brody Croft money and your Andy Ackers money. And how far does that go to cover 25, lots of 75 grand? And it, it doesn't. I mean, you look at the, the the sky money now is pathetic, isn't it? Well, we get funded there. So you are looking, like Parky just said, you've got to make that money from somewhere. So these people that have come in have got have got to do it. And your community's got to do it. But it's hard. Where does the money come from? You've just asked for a load of money off your supporters and they've trumped that up. So your supporters have trumped up for season tickets. They've stumped up a load of money for this, which is people will do. I mean, because people love the club. There's, I'm not knocking that at all. Got some fantastic support. But there comes a time when you can't keep badgering your supporters because your supporters might not have the money anymore. So that money needs to come from somewhere else, doesn't it? And we keep saying, yeah, community this, community that. But where? Where's it coming from? That that's what we want to know, and I know what you've just said. I echo what you said, Rob, about the um, the great work that the club does in the community. There's no doubt about that, and I think it's fantastic that we've got ladies team, wheelchair team, and all the other teams. But I'm going to say something else again. It might be controversial, but at the end of the day, you can have all these other teams, which is great and it's brilliant. But at the end of the day, the the, the first team, if that's not performing and that's not doing the business, that's your bread and butter. Mm. And if that team and is not doing well. Your gates are down, people aren't coming, everybody's heads are down, all those other teams below it in the pyramid, they suffer the consequences, don't they? And and I don't want to get too depressed over it, but that's that's my concern at the moment, you know, with the first team, the way things are going. But let's hope we've got some good news and some players are coming in. Yeah. I know the Reds Rise Together group had a meeting, lots of things were sort of being hatched, which is which is important. Hopefully, more people will get involved in that group and and obviously continue to to grow it, bring new ideas to the table, and it's just opportunity, Parky. For me, the more numbers you have, the more ideas you get, and more one will stick. Yeah, I, I I've said it for ages. I've said it probably on this podcast in the past that there are a lot of fans out there with great knowledge and great expertise in certain areas, in different areas that the club might not have even thought of. And I've had chats with people in, in a bar after the game and gone, yeah, that's a really good idea, why don't you send it to the club? They won't listen, they're not interested, you won't do anything with it. And that happens. The only thing is that I know this, they, they had these sort of subcommittees and so on the other week or whatever they are. And again, I think we're cutting off a large number of supporters by saying, basically, these people are shareholders or have bought shares to be part of this. But everybody else, do you not want their ideas? Do you not want them to be part of this? This club, that's my thing. It should be open to everybody. 
to, to go in and throw your ideas in. I think you'll get a bit more feedback. It's this kind of closed shop thing that's worrying me a little bit at the moment. That you're not one of these, you're not one of them. We don't want that. We've had divisions at the club before. It's awful. Us against them sort of thing. It's, there's, no, there's no call for it. So that needs to be opened up. But I agree. I think it's a great idea. These, these sub-committees are a great idea. Taking separate parts of the club and giving them to people who know what they're doing or know what they want. Rather than just saying, you do that, you jack of all trades, you try and do that trade. doesn't work. Doesn't. Work. I mean, you see the mess that governments make when they put somebody in charge of the health department who knows nothing about health but might know something about the military. But you're like, well, why are you putting me in charge of the military and let somebody else? That's, that's what it needs at the club. And at the moment, I know they're trying it. I know they've got certain people in, in place who are, who are good people with the club at their heart, you know, and, and will try their hardest. But they'll need more people to get involved. And that needs to be opened up. So that's, bodies. That's, my, that's the that's yeah. the plan. Got to get yeah. bodies, Paul. That's that's the that's the key. This is that is what makes this whole thing a success or a failure. Everyone gets involved. Yeah, yeah, that, that's right. The more people that get involved, the better. But it do, there does come a time where you, where you do need to get the money in, and we need to to get that investment. So we keep talking about it and saying we're doing this and we're having this committee and that committee. We need results, don't we, in business? And I'm not a business person, but. That that's the the way of the world now, isn't it? And like we just mentioned before about competing with these big teams, and Pac said he wants to see us in semi-finals. Yeah, of course we all do, don't we? we? We've enjoyed the last few years doing well, and the club's done tremendously well. Paul Rowley's done well, and we've recruited really smartly. And I was thinking today to myself, sat having my dinner, and I thought, yeah, we've lost Croft, we've lost Ackers, but Paul Rowley's the right sort of guy to have there to mould the team. And if I was Paul Rowley now sat there at home, I'd be thinking, right. You've took me Brody Croft, you've took me Andy Eckers, what am I going to do? Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to have a wheel and deal, I'm going to bring some players in, and we're going to be just as good next season. Because it's not about signing big names and all that. He he can sign players and make them better players. Parker nailed it before Andy Eckers came. Bit of a journeyman, really, before he comes to Salford. Makes him into an England international. So there's players out there, you can mould players, and I think he'll thrive. I'm, I'm hoping he does. I'm hoping he thrives on that challenge. And when we play Leeds next season, Let's go and let's go and blast Leeds next season. Let's go and t- I'm not 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 that I'm knocking Brodie Croft, but because you'll get a good welcome. But when the game kicks off, we want to beat. Let's show them. We we, we took Croft off. We took Ackers off us. We've got a fight, and we always talk about this Salford spirit, don't we? Mm-hmm. You know, this fighting spirit. You back us into a corner. Well, now that's when you need to come out fighting. I've seen supporters on Twitter and, and Facebook saying they're handing the season ticket in and that. And when you sign up to be a Salford supporter, don't sign up just to to win trophies and be on this gravy train. There's always going to be times when, I think I put something on Twitter today, there's going to be times where you're, it's going to be tough and you're going to, you're going to have to bite down on your gum shield and, you, and you, you're going to have tough times. And if you go through those tough times, surely when you do get to finals and that, you're going to enjoy them that much bit, that bit better, aren't you? I mean, I remember that Wigan game when we, we talked to him in that semi-final. I remember saying to my dad on the way out, blimey, how many times we've been here? The 70 points, we got stuff there. And not that long before, and we've been drubbed there that many times. It was so nice to walk out the ground. Your head held high. You just played like that. But to me, you have to earn it. You have to earn those nights by going through the bad times, don't you? And I think sometimes people need to get a bit of a reality check. I mean, I'm waffling on a bit here, but I think now people sort of want instant everything, don't they? Instant success, they want instant food, they want to click the fingers and swipe this, contactless this and contactless that. And it's just the way of the world. But I think sometimes you just got to invest that bit of time and invest your heart into the club and I think things will be all right. Yeah, I think nailed it. 
there, Parker. Final thought on this, Brody Croft, Andy Ackers, for me, we're at the end of the opportunity cycle. They've departed. We wish them well, but we're the opportunity club and we wait for that next opportunity to come. Yeah, look, we, this, this is what I was saying before. We need the club now to come out and give us something. Tell us something. Tell us the direction we're going in. Tell us who we're, who we're signing. Let's get these players in. Let's get it done. Let's settle down and build for next season. Give Paul Rowley time to model this next team that he needs. He's the right man for this. There's no doubt about it. He will love this. Not, not the fact he's losing his best players. But I think he's a scrapper, Paul Rowley. I think he likes having his back to the wall and being wrote off and being told that he can't do things. I think that's the character he is. And, and the other thing is that he's ideal for us because he knows rugby league. He's, he's a rugby league nut. And he'll know all the players in all the leagues. And he'll know there's this gem out there waiting for us. He'll know there's a hooker in, in League One that he goes, you know what, I can turn him into the next Andy Akers, if you like. He'll know what he wants. And there will be. The standoff one's different. You do need experience. You need quality That's in Super League. That's going to be an issue. And I get that. And we will probably have to take a step down from Brody Croft. But that's, that's life, unfortunately. But I, I think he's the right man. And I think he can... I think he'll be reveling in this. He'll get his, he'll roll his sleeves up again, and he'll say, "Right, it's us against them again. Forget them; they've gone. We move on." And like you say, I wish both players the, the, all the best. That Brody Croft for me, people had a go at him. He wasn't as good as he was the year before. He I think people watched him a lot closer last year. Other clubs, he wasn't he, for most of the season. His pack wasn't half as dominant as it should have been. So he's playing behind a beaten pack. If you're a half back, that's no good to you. And yet he still finished. I think he finished above Lachlan Lamb and Johnny Lomax in try assists. Now, just put that, that settle in a little bit. Because Lachlan Lamb was golden boy. Johnny Lomax, he's Saints' great player. He was still there. Still doing it. Carries, I think he finished second in the league or something. I mean, carries, that's not his job. But he did it. He got stuck in. How many tackles do you think he did? A tremendous player. Massively underrated for me. And I think in a good team with a good pack, He'll, he will move on again. I'm not sure Leeds is the right place for that. Pays, paying the money, I don't care. But he's gone. Well done, lads. Thank you very much. All the best. You want to come back? Feel free. Take a pay cut, won't you? And yeah, and we move on. So the club's the club's still standing. We could be. We could be Swinton. We could be Oldham. We could be Rochdale. We haven't got massive fan base. We haven't got a benefactor. We don't have any divine right to be anywhere near where we are. Certainly in the last few years, we have punched well above our weight. And that's due to hard work from people behind the scenes. And those same people now who are getting slated for what they're doing. I don't know. I, I want more honesty from them. But at the end of the day, I know these people aren't doing this because they want to do it this way. It's just the way it is. Yeah. So let's move on to positive news now, Paul. Neen McDonald signs from Leeds. Four-year deal. Plays centre wing, came from Leeds. I've seen some highlights of him. Good player. Can burst a tackle. Pace. Good lad. Yeah, my dad was telling me today he scored four tries at the weekend in an international game. So, 
Yeah, my only concern with him is, is he a bit of a naughty boy because he sort of walked out on Leeds, didn't he, and <laughs> went home. And you know, as long as he's got the right attitude and he's going to come and, and do his best for Salford and not mess us about, then, then I'm all for it. I was a bit surprised he got a four-year deal with him being 29, but I think he's a good player. I saw quite a bit of him at Lee before he went to Leeds, and he looked a, he looked a clever player. You know, Paul Rowley, I think he, he knows quite a bit about him. He's got his contacts at Lee, hasn't he? So. He's not. He's not daft, Paul Rowley. He, he signed him for a, for a reason, hasn't he? And uh, just going back to just what we were saying before, it probably leads into this a bit. Really. Yeah, I know at the moment now, a lot's been said about us being in a crisis and things like that. But you think about it, it can change. It can change so fast in rugby league. You think back to 2018, we was the rubbing rags work. We were bottom of the table. You know, fast forward 12 months, you're in a grand final. And I think 2021, we had Richard Marshall there. We were, we were struggling. Fast forward 12 months, you're in a Super League semi-final on a fantastic run. So, you know, rugby league can change pretty quickly. So let's turn the, the negatives into a positive. And I think that's what Paul Rowley will be doing. You, you, you'll look at his recruitment. I think he'll get his recruitment spot on. Just going off what Parky said before, I think he's bang on as well with that. Um, you look at the championship, there's some, there's some good players in there. There's some really good players. I mean, I've watched quite a bit of the championship this season and seen a few of the, the highlights, particularly keeping my eye on London Broncos, who I think we should give them a mention, actually, because I thought it was awesome in that playoff, beating Sheffield, Featherston and, and Toulouse. But there's players there in, in that level, and I'm sure Paul Rowley and Kurt are going to be looking at the recruitment. Yeah, looked at his stats. Parker, uh, 11 clean breaks this season. Lafayette did five. Cross did 10. Costello did two. So that shows he's, he's got sort of potential. Quite a high metre maker, 2,790 metres. 96 tackle bursts. I don't think he played a full season for Leeds, like I said. Like Paul said, he's like a, like a reverse Joel Moon. Listen, I, I've got no problem with the signing. I think it's it's a decent signing on his days. He's a really good centre. He's, he's he's built like a Conrad Hurrell, but quicker and and better in my opinion. But that's you know I, I'm not I'm not just saying that. I think he is. I mean, Hurrell's got a lot of limitations. He was doing well. He did really well at Lee, really well, which obviously attracted leads. We've seen that happen ourselves recently. I, I do worry that we've signed a centre come winger when we. It's not a position we needed, so is, is is there a story here that I'm maybe I'm reading too much into? I I don't know, but you know that's that's another point. But yeah, he's a really good signing. I, not a problem with that. I, again, I like Paul. A bit surprised it's four years. That's that's a hell of a long time for a contract for someone of his age. But who knows? He he's got he might have the best in front of him. The only the only thing I will say, and it, there is this thing about him. Oh, he went home and didn't come back, and would he do it? Seems to happen a lot to Leeds. Been a lot of players disgruntled there in recent years. I mean, you look at Tui Lollahea when he came to us. He, the Leeds fans hated him. They didn't want him there. He didn't like the club. He fell out with it. He came to us, settled into life. He liked being... Some players need love. They need being told that they're good. This might be the case with McDonald. He might have just fell out of love with Leeds. Same with King. King didn't like being at Leeds. He got a chance to stay at Leeds and came to us. What does that tell you? Why, you know, why would you do that? Sometimes being happy is more important than the club or, or whatever else. So I'm not I'm not going to judge him on that. I don't I, I don't know the background behind what's gone on. I don't know what's gone on in his family or in his private life, why he stayed in Australia, whatever it is. Leeds wasn't attractive enough for him to go back. They let him go, released him, sacked him, did whatever they did. We picked him up. Well, he's a free agent. Brilliant. Go and get him. So yeah, I think he's a good signing. I just I, I look at the the back line and again. 
as it is, besides not having a standoff, it's still decent, still as decent as it was. You know, we knew that. It's our forwards we need to look at, and that's that needs a lot of work for me. But happy with it. Good, good signing from what I've seen of him. Always causes problems. Big lad, strong, fast. Got good hands as well for a second. He's one of them that will offload a bit like a Timmy Lafay in that way. So, and you know the way that Paul wants to play, Paul Ola. I think he'll fit in just right. Yeah, career-wise, try every two games, which shows what what is what is all about for me. Uh, talking about players who have uh, tries in them, uh, Ken Seo signs one-year extension. Uh, Parker option for another year. Played 102 games, 78 tries, kicked 13 goals. Solid player, good finisher, just what we need to keep. Yeah, look, I, I, I don't want to go over the top about Kenny. Uh, I love the man, I do. Legend's a, a big word, but he's he's one of the few that stuck it out. I mean, he was here in 2019 for the grand final, and he's still here now. How many others are still around? Mm. You know, that's loyalty. He could have gone off. He scores bags of tries every year. The other clubs would kept, did come sniffing around him. He stayed, he signed on. I know his family have loved it here. Obviously, Vicky played for the, the, the ladies' team. His two lads have been at, at Eccles Roos today with us. I mean, I don't know what more we need to say about him. He's uh, a proven try scorer. He's so he's a clever player, Ken. Really clever. He knows where to be and when to be. And I think if we if we could get all of any young wingers to learn off someone like him, it'd be it'd be special. He's he's been brilliant for us. A, a real probably one of the best we've seen. If I'm if I'm not going over the top, I think I think through all the wingers that I've seen in forty odd years, yes, he may not be Keith Fielding or Maurice Richards or whatever, but you think through the wingers we've had, and we've had some real real good wingers. Kenny's well up there. He's try scoring alone. You look at like you've just said about his record. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. And the team that I'd take for the first two years he was here, he hardly touched the ball. Because we never we never give it wingers. But yeah, brilliant. Great news for the club. That's that's exactly the kind of news, the positive news we need. And we need more of that. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I love the man. Will he get two hundred tries for Salford, Paul? Yeah, I think so. Oh, he's got seventy eight. Ooh, 22. Yeah, I think so. Don't see why not. He's He's got next season, hasn't he? And you don't know what comes after that. Just take one season at a time. I, I'm delighted he's staying. Not just be, I, I just echo what Pike said about him. I think he's he's a quality, quality player. But not only that, I think he's a good bloke as well. I think he's a really nice fella. I think he's a really grounded fella. I think he's a bloke. That, he's not one that's always shouting and bawling. He's, he's, he's just a, a reliable player. And I think he's he's one of them that the other players will listen to. He's experienced as well. You look at his his try record of where he's been in Australia and in in England. He was at Ulcar for a while, wasn't he? And scored plenty of tries for them. But I think he's he's a real players player, isn't he, Ken? And um, delighted that he's staying. He's probably not getting any younger, but he's a very experienced man. I think he he plays a vital part in that squad. Really glad he's staying. Yeah, another player who extended his contract to his Ami Borough signs one year extension. Parker, opportunity player. Hooking roll half back, brave as a lion. For me, it will continue his development in a red shirt. Well, this is this is a massive off season for him now to build and get into Paul Rowley's starting lineup. We need a hooker. We've we've got one. You know, he's got to prove now through this the next few months in the winter that that Paul can trust him and, and put him in. Look, the more he played, the more influence he got, the better he got. I thought at first, I thought this 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 guy's. He's too, what's the word? A bit too erratic, a bit too wild. And but he'll learn. He is only young, and playing under someone like Paul Rowley, who was a great, a great number nine himself, he can't can't do you any harm, can it? So yeah, no, 
that, again, young lad, I think he's easily the youngest in our squad. We haven't got a particularly young squad, I don't think, but he's easily the youngest. So he's got, you know, plenty of time to develop, pick up tips, keep keep working hard. And now, if he if he works hard through this winter, who knows, he might be our starting number nine next year. Mm. Opportunity knocks. Uh, Paul, obviously, with Andy Acker's departing. Spots up for grabs. Obviously, got Chris Atkin there as well. Got options. Possibly Paul Rowley in the market looking for a replacement. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I thought he going to say Paul Rowley's going to play then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think you, you nailed it there with Chris Atkin. I think if, if I was Paul Rowley, I'd be, I'd be getting Chris Atkin working with Amir Borough because Chris Atkin's a, you know, another quality player. You know, he's played an awful lot around the hooker. Hooking role and uh, a bit of halfback as well, probably similar to to Burra in his in his play, but it's a massive chance for Amir Burra now. To you say about opportunities and that, and and he's got one now. Paul will speak to him in the close season and say, "Look, we lost Andy Akers. Probably wasn't ideal. I probably still saw you as my number two, but there's a chance here now for you to be my number one. You prove to me. You get on the weights. You get yourself in in top top condition. Get yourself in mint condition, and, and ready for that February." And you could be starting hooker. So we've all said he's got a lot of potential, but I think that there comes a time when you've got to, you've got to fulfil that potential, haven't you? Because you'll get to a certain age in, in rugby league and, and your career's passing you by. You see like, lads in Australia, they're 18, 19, they're in the first team squad, they're playing, aren't they? And think about great players in the past. If you're good enough, you're old enough, that's what they say, don't you? So he's got a chance there. And if I was Amir Burra, I'd be, I'd be busting a gut now to get myself in peak condition and, and, and hit the ground running. Yeah. Let's move on to player departures. Reserve player Jack Stevens uh, signed for Swinton Lions. Parker. From what we saw of him, he, he was he was super. We had high hopes breaking into the uh, the first team setup. Obviously, departed to Swinton Lions. Yeah, very disappointed to see him go. Uh, we spent a few years now sort of grooming him, making him the player that we want, and I thought he was going to be. Possibly the future of, of the club. He, uh, he seems a strange one to me that he's got. I don't. We don't know why. We don't know what's, what goes on. Uh, what choices have to be made. But I, I wish the lad all the best. He's certainly got a lot of talent, and Swinton have got a, a really good player there. And and now he'll he'll also be one of those that'll have a point to prove. He's been been cast off by a Super League club. How many times has it happened? They have to come back, and he'll do really well. He's he's a really good player. I think from what I've heard of him, he, his attitude's right as well. To, to learn and to get better so yeah disappointing to see him go uh, and again another player that we just wish all the best mm. is this uh, Paul opportunity club the, the flip side where you look at him and you think would he get in front of Amir Borough would he get in front of Chris Atkin would he get in front of Mark Sneed uh, to, to to nail down that first team spot at this moment. Well, I suppose you don't know until until you give a lot of chance. I know he's playing the reserves a lot, wasn't he, Jack? And I've seen him a number of occasions, and I've always made the same comment. I, mean, I spoke to his dad a couple of times actually, and uh, he always seems to laugh when I say this. But I, I think he's got a good pair of a real a real top pair of hands. He's a real good distributor of the ball, and that's one thing I noticed about him when, I, when as soon as I saw him. And I think he's got a really good attitude as well. He's got a bit of pace. He's probably not the biggest. He's only very slim. Mm. He probably needs to fill out a little bit, but he's still only 20-21. So 
I just, to me, I was disappointed. I thought perhaps maybe to loan him out for the season would have been a better bet. If we sort of said to Swinton, we'll, we'll loan you for 12 months and, and you just contribute to his wages sort of thing. So would that have been best for both parties? Swinton are getting a cheap half back. They're not paying a full wage to him. And yet he's still on our books. So would that not have been better? I, I don't know. I, I thought we'd signed, and forgive me, I can't remember if we have, but I thought we'd signed a half back from Leeds a young lad and I can't remember his name is that right Did, speculation oh, man. Was he spe- oh we're not signing him alright oh, okay same as the uh, Ethan Ryan one we've not signed yeah. him have we right, <laughs> speculation okay. so, I thought we'd signed an halfback from Leeds I, I, I'm sure someone had told me but I couldn't remember so no I, I thought we should have kept Jack on, on low but uh, loaned him out but you know good luck to him I think he's, he's going to be a real good player Swinton got a good in there yeah so we'll have to wait and see how that progresses uh, talking about Reds that are in obviously this time of year when the season finishes it's international season Parker uh, Billy Walkley and Charlie Glover played for Wales against Cumbria last week Sean Murphy and George Chanuk will play for Ireland against Scotland in October the 29th so good luck to all the four lads there representing your country is a great honour yeah, what does Salford bring to, to it? What, what does Salford ever offer anyone? Yeah, again, f- through the reserves, we don't have an academy, so this is we have to probably throw them in at a level that they probably shouldn't be playing at, maybe, at times. I mean, Billy Walker, I've seen him a few times. I think he's a really, really good player, really talented. And yeah, I think he's he's one that, again, we've just talked about Jack. We can't, we can't give these lads the, the ground and then just let them go. And I... I I just find it strange, just going back to Jack and, and the same for Billy and, and everybody else at the moment, is that we're obviously going to be running with a very small squad again next year. We don't have massive budget. These lads are on peanuts. Could we not have just put them in the first team squad? Call them up if needed. Give them a run out in a Challenge Cup game. We might get, I don't know, some, somebody, the Midlands Hurricanes in the Challenge Cup or something. Whatever it is here. But give them, give them a chance then. I think, I think we... With Jack, we've, we've lost that. I think that's a bit strange. I think Paul was right about the loan thing. That might have made more sense. So we've got to be careful that this this financial problem we have with the first team doesn't knock on and we lose these players because there's some real talent in that reserve team that will get better and better in the next couple of years. Yeah, I think Billy Walkley and Joseph Cooperin Franks, yeah. Paul, they were in the squad, in the first team squad. Didn't make an appearance at all. Think, obviously, twelve months training with the first team, opportunity for them now. Obviously, with departures and less sort of uh, Super League money and, and other sort of issues, they may get more game time. Yeah, well, I was going to say, I was going to mention to you know. Every week we, we sort of stand at the door waiting for interviews and when the players come out we always see players come out at different times and what yeah, yeah. there was a guy that always used to come out with a suit on and he used to say to me who's that young lad? Well I know who it is he's Joseph Coop Franklin because is he started it? following me on Twitter the other day ah. and I clicked on him and I thought oh I'll follow him back and I thought that's that lad so yeah he was in the first team we kept seeing him every week and went I don't, I don't, I don't, I can't put a, a, a name to his face, mm. and that's Joseph Coop Franklin. So he has been in the first team and around the first team. So, and when when he's played for the reserves, I know he played really well. So let's hope he's in the first team for next season. I'm pretty sure he will be. But that's put a put a name to that face anyway. So we know, so we know who that is, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to get walk, every time you walk past, we look at each other. Who's that? Oh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, at least we know now. Now we know. Now we know. <laughs> Other things happening this week, Parker. Wharton 
Cricket Club. There's a race night on Saturday, 21st of October, for the Supporters Trust. <laughs> £2 a ticket. Kids go free. Sponsorship available. Helps fund the is it development for player pathways. Good thing. Hopefully people get down there and support that. Yeah, completely forgot about that. Oh, it's this Saturday, isn't it? Mm. Oh, God. Yeah, no, I love a race night. I do. Uh, yeah, they're, they're a good laugh. That would be a really good night, that, you know. Yeah, slightly, slightly annoyed. I forgot. Anyway. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'd encourage anyone to go. I mean, if you've been to a race night, what they're all about, they're, you know, they're, they're a bit of fun. We used to, used to do quite a bit of Willows in the tavern. I remember having them quite a few times there, and it was a... It's always a good laugh, and yeah, it raises much needed money. I mean, again, we go on about the the hole we need to fill. We we forget supporters trust last last season handed over forty odd grand to the club, not to not to be used on players and so on, but for equipment and for things like exercise bikes when they break. Somebody's got to pay to get them fixed or buy a new one. Well, that's what this supporters trust does, and and then you have got the player pathway, which which helps aid the next generation of players to come through. It's a great thing that these people do. Again, we go on about the people who bought shares. for, for These are probably some of the same people. But this is the other side of it. These people are already working hard to make money for the club. You know, we can't keep asking the same. But yeah, no, brilliant. It'd be a good night, that. I'm slightly annoyed now. You shouldn't have told me that. <laughs> also, do sponsor a try. I think they, they raise it four grand, I think, for that. I think I've surely put a note out, might be wrong. But yeah, I think it's always a, a good thing to get involved in with that, Paul. Just make sure you keep on top of it if you do sponsor a try and don't think, you know what, I'll leave it for a couple of weeks. Because if we hit a rich, rich vein of form and we stick 60 on somebody, then you're in big trouble. There was a few people flapping, was it? That last season, season before we beat Wakefield with 70 points. There's a few tracks <laughs> in that game, wasn't there? Yeah, I thought he was going to say, bet responsibly and all this race night and the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've been to a few race nights over the years and you tend to let your, your beer drinking take over, don't you? And uh, end up throwing all sorts of money at stuff. I mean, I've been to races a few times. I'm a bit, I don't really know a lot about horse racing, but you just sort of go with the names, don't you? And that one sounds great and lump a load of money on it. So <laughs> be careful. Yeah, it'll be good fun if you can get down there, get down there and support that. There is also a 150-year anniversary dinner taking place on the 18th of November at the, at the stadium where legends past and present will be there for a Sulphur Devils extravaganza. Three-course meal, 60 quid uh, parquet. Promises to be a good night. Yeah, I um, think I'm sadly priced out of that one. <laughs> um, I think I, again, I'd love to attend, but not that kind of you know. I, I just, just, just a lot of money a month before Christmas, and person we've got a lot going on at home as well. So we we redecorating the house at the moment. It's just it's not a viable thing to do. If it was thirty quid, I might have considered it, but I think sixty, and then your transport and drinks on top. It's a little bit pricey, and I dare say it'll be an auction and a raffle and everything else. So it'd be a great, great night. And I don't know whose legends are that are turning up. It'd be great to to have a list of names. It'd be some players that I'd love to catch up with and have a chat with. And maybe you might not see him for 20, 30 years, but we need to celebrate it. We definitely do. He's come some a little bit late in the year, I think now, and, and just before, like say, a month before Christmas isn't isn't ideal timing, but. Yeah, no, it should be. It'll be a great night for, for for those that can that can make it. 
Yeah, five pound of it goes to the Sulphur Red Devils Foundation. Paul Smart dress code as well, so that probably counts me out. But yeah, they're not giving me a breakdown of the menu. Unfortunately, I've, I'm quite looking forward to to teasing you with with what's on the offer, Paul. If it's a free course meal, mate, it's probably going to be soup, a pudding, and I would say chicken and veg and potatoes. Excellent. <laughs> that's that'd be my <laughs> guess. Yeah, that, that's what you use at a sportsman's dinner sort of thing, anyway, like that. So I'm sure it'll be a good night. I'm surprised he didn't have it like sort of in August when we had mm. all the legends come to the St. Helens mm. game. He could have done it around about that time because there was a, a lot of ex-players come to, to that game, didn't they? So, uh, so no, I'm sure it, I'm sure it'll be a good night though. But like Pags, it's a bit bit close to Christmas for me and, and what we've got a few birthdays coming up as well with the girls so yeah so it'll be a bit of a busy time for us but you never know you never know might get some overtime in yeah massive VX3 sale uh, happening park it up to 40% off home shirts for 20 quid Red Star Belgrade 20, uh, 25 quid Ghana shirts 15 quid go 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 well yeah, I quite fancy one of them Red Star shirts, by the mm, way. Yeah, cool. the came out, they're really good, aren't they? It'd have been interesting to wear one of them a few weeks ago when uh, the football team were in Manchester. That'd have gone <laughs> I think I'd have had to avoid the blue the blue half of Manchester. But no, it, yeah, absolutely. VX3 have been brilliant with us, haven't they? They've had some great gear all year. I, I dare say a lot of what they're selling now will be the 150-year stuff as well because it's got a limited lifespan, hasn't it? But yeah, no, I'd advise... Get hold of what you can at the moment while it's on offer. Crim- like I say, Crimbo's coming. A present. So if anyone's feeling generous, I'd probably go medium, large maybe, if you if you fancy it. But yeah, no, there'll be, there'll be plenty of stuff on there. I, I, I might have a look at it and see what's on. Get it. See, see what I can find. But I do fancy one of them Red Star shirts. Mm, 40% off, Paul. It's clothes, not players. Just have to remind you that. <laughs> I always say that before. Uh, what Black Pag said that red that red star shirt's nice. Yeah, oh, Ellen just come into the room then, but she's gone now. But yeah, I don't mind one of them, Ellen. Well, yeah, yeah, it looks like some good. So if you can't whack that though, can you forty percent off? Yeah, it's pretty good. I don't know if we're going to have a. I presume we'll have a new shirt next season, won't we? Um, a, a new a new kit, like we usually do, don't we? But uh, no, forty percent is pretty good, and the, and the gear's good. I think the shirt's been great the last couple of seasons. It's been good. It's been really good. So uh, so yeah, cool. Yeah. Other exciting news, uh, the Red Rising campaign starts for year 10, year 11, uh, November, December, January, training parker opportunity for obviously the, the youth coming through to, to get a taste of the rugby league. Yeah, they do, they do a lot of great work, don't they, from the foundation team and, and, and so on with these, these training courses. Like I say, earlier this year, my nephew was on was on one of them and he, he loved it. It was, it was great fun. He got him back into to playing rugby league again and, and now he's back at Folly doing his thing so yeah it's a great job we, we, we're fighting hard against against football let's be honest in this area so we can get people involved as early as possible get them to enjoy the game find out what it's all about once we've got them hooked early you've got a great chance and I, I can't fault the, the club for that again we're going about the community stuff and that's again just giving people a chance to, to get on these courses and see how good you are these lads come from amateur clubs come together and hopefully we'll be finding the next the next the next big thing coming out solved for the next Adrian Mall. You never know. Yeah, it's a rising star, not Red Star campaign. Mm-hmm. Keep your eye on that. The PDRL and the LDRL are recruiting. Obviously, great season for them both last season. Paul, obviously, hopefully more people get involved. Squad gets bigger and it's great for the community. 
Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, it's it's been really good. I think people have enjoyed it, haven't they? The last couple of seasons, and it gets people involved, gets people playing rugby league, and, and spreads the word. That not only rugby league, the, the club as well. So I think it's worked really well. That. Yep. So that's on the news. Now we'll see what's happening in the world of rugby league. White sides world of rugby league. Here is this week's Devon the Detail Amateur Report and of course the world of rugby league. We'll start off with the wheelchair rugby league. It was the grand final on uh, Saturday. That was at the National Basketball Centre. Sorry, it was on Sunday. National Basketball Centre in uh, in Manchester. Leeds Rhinos 42, Wigan Warriors 50. So they made it a nice double, Wigan Warriors. So taking the uh, the wheelchair Super League grand final. Congratulations to them. There was a reserve match on Friday at uh, the LEL Arena Whitehaven. It was for uh, Kyle Amor. It is a sort of farewell match, if you like. And... Uh, Cumbria beat Wales by 23 points to 4. Brad Singleton of Salford was in the was a prop for uh, for Cumbria. He was a number eight. Billy Walkley and Charlie Glover also of Salford played for uh, for Wales in that game. So 23 points to four. And uh, Kyle Amor dropped a goal late on as well. So uh, congratulations to him. He's, he's doing very well as a pundit actually on Channel Four, and he's had a good career as well. So congratulations to Cumbria in their win over Wales in the Pacific Championship. The Kangaroos they beat Samoa by 38 points to 12. Australia and uh, they were comfortable really. 28-6 at half time. 38-12. That one finished at Queensland Country Bank Stadium. In in, uh, in Townsville on Saturday. Uh, Papua New Guinea beat the Cook Islands 46-10 and Samoa beat Fiji 26-12. There was a women's international as well between Australia and New Zealand. It was a close game as well and uh, Australia women beat New Zealand by 16 points to 10. In the uh, Northwest Youth Rugby League, there's not a lot to bring you in the under 16s, Division 1, Newton Storm 12, Sydney, uh, Sol- Salford City Roosters, I said Sydney City Roosters, <laughs> Salford City Roosters 10, and uh, that's the only fixture I've got for you this week. And uh, moving on to Student Rugby League and the College Rugby League, Salford had a good win, they won at Wakefield by 22 points to 14. The fixtures for this week, uh, these games play on Wednesday the 18th, so they might have happened by the time you get this report. In uh, the Premier Division, Salford are away at Barrow. In the North West Division, Salford Red Devils A are away to Cowley Sixth Form College and Wigan Warriors face Oldham Sixth Form. There's a women's international as well at the weekend just gone. Serbia 6, England Community Lions 68. There was also a double header at uh, Pilkington Rex on Saturday. England Lions under 23s beat um, Wales Dragon Arts by 38 points to 8. It was a physical disability rugby league match between England and Wales, which finished 52-0 to England. Congratulations to uh, Welsh representatives representing Salford. That was Morgan Jones, uh, Kieran Gardner, Sam Bowditch, Timer Hughes as well, who were all in that, that team. So congratulations to them. Commiserations on losing the game, but uh, I'm sure everybody enjoyed it. And it was uh, a good day at Pilkington Rex. Well, a pretty quick report this week. We'll just round it up with the uh, Super League Grand Final. As you know, Wigan Warriors won that game 10 points to 2. The only try coming from uh, Liam Marshall. Three goals for Smith. Adam Kieran, a goal for uh, for the Dragons in that one. 58,000 saw it. Wigan 10, Catalans 2. Wigan lifting the Super League crown. It was a fantastic game on the Sunday, though. The uh, Betfred Championship Grand Final. Toulouse Olympic against London Broncos. Toulouse led 14-4 at half-time. London Broncos snatched it by 18 points to 14. I was following that game on the internet. What a win for London. And they've done so well in the play- Playoffs. I mean, they finished um, finished fifth in the table. 
And 18 points behind Featherstone, 6 points behind Toulouse with 16 wins from 27 matches. But London Broncos have gone away to Sheffield in the playoffs, won 42 nil. They then went away to Featherstone last week and then had a fantastic win there. And then to go away to Toulouse in the grand final in France and win that. Congratulations to them. They'll be in Super League next season and I'm pleased for them as well. It'll be a good trip going to London next year. But that's all I've got for you this week. I'll probably see you next week. We're catching up with a bit of international stuff as well. So uh, we'll speak about that next week. England are in action against Tonga. So that should be an exciting game to watch as well. So so we'll have a chat about that next week. But take care, have a good week, and I'll speak to you soon. So that was White Sides World of Rugby League. And now it's the moment we've all been waiting for. For four weeks, we've been keeping hold of the names who have won the Devil in the Detail Player of the Year Award 2023. And now we're going to announce it, Parker. Excited? Yeah, I'm just trying to find it. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. No. <laughs> Nothing like being prepared, and that was nothing like it. You, you, you uh, styled it out there, Parky. Well done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's um, it's been it's been close. It has been closer than I expected to, to, to be this year. We had no real runaway throughout the season. There've been little spurts from certain players. Obviously, early on, Ollie Partington was a, a big front runner, and then Tyler Dupree when he he hit form, that he he took over, and it was. It's been up and down through the year. There's been a lot of movement, and a lot, of, a lot of players towards the back end of the season made big runs up the up the leader. But uh, yeah, it's been it's been tight. But we do have a, a top three. Before you give me the result, what was it like running it? <laughs> <laughs> it it's not an issue. It's no. not an issue if you Good. do it. <laughs> Within the week of the game that's just been. Mm. If, however, you leave it for approximately two months before you decide to start doing anything about it, <laughs> I have to go back to Devil in the Details Twitter page for two months of 700 different tweets. <laughs> Not as much fun as you'd imagine, you know. No. Uh, but no, it's, it's good fun. It's my own fault. But I've got it all sorted. Came up with a lovely couple of spreadsheets and, and it gave me something to do. And like you say, I've kind of... I've reviewed it as it's gone through the season as well. It's given me a chance now to, to sort of have a look at how players form dips and, and goals or, or one game, how clear one person won that man of the match compared to everybody else. Did that mean that he was much better or the rest were rubbish or what, you know? It's just, it's just interesting when you look back and then you look who the game was against and you think, oh, I remember that. Yeah, he, he was excellent that day or whatever. I mean, one of the big ones for me was, I think it was Matty Costello in one game. Absolutely ran away with it. I think he only got two more votes for the rest of the year. Right. But in one game, he was clearly the man of the match. It, it was it really strange. But uh, yeah, no, it's been it's been good. And a couple of players are very unlucky to miss out on the top three. But this is how people vote, and whether you agree or not, that's how you've seen the season. It's it's up to you. It's all your fault. Yeah, don't blame us. So, so yeah. give me third place in the yeah. three word. Match reports, man of match. In third place is is my idol, as it is. It's Callum Watkins. Callum Watkins, third place finish. Paul, thoughts? Yeah, I think thoroughly deserved it, Rob. I mean, you could have given Callum Watkins first place, couldn't you? I think he's been consistent all season. I think supporters see that when we read the, the three-word match reports out. There's always plenty of mentions for Callum. I think he's probably got at least a vote a week, hasn't he? He always gets a mention. I think he's been great. I think he's been a revelation. Just echo what Parker says about. I know Parker thinks an awful lot of him, but I think he's a really good leader on the pitch in attack and defence. And despite his his ageing years now, I think he's still got a few years left in him, and I think he'll be a vital part of the team next season. Yeah, like I say, Captain Fantastic, 
works every every week. Could play through sort of injuries as well. Inspiration, Parky, I know he's one of your favourites. Well worth that third place finish. Yeah, every week he's he, he does something that I, I look at and go, that's that's what a real quality player does. That's how, and it's what he does away from the rugby and everything else about him. He's or he gives off. He's he, he just there's just something about the man that's, and I think I think as a club we need to use him more. I really do get him out into the schools and businesses because people love him. He's he's such a well spoken lad and he's he's clever. He knows rugby league. What he achieved at Leeds in that in that team in that era there. I mean, the only grand finals did he play in? I, I don't know. But um, then he went off to ours. He had that experience. He came back. He came to us to his basically his hometown club, and now he's skipper of it. I mean, he's just been a great career for him. And like Paul said, he's easy got another few years yet. Coming back from that knee injury the other year was it twenty twenty one? That was that was huge. That could have ended him, but that just shows the, the level that a man's at. That he, he came back and he came back better. Played in the second row, moved position, and then ended up playing centre in the World Cup for England. Yeah. I just, I, incredible player, incredible. Yeah. So second place finish in the three word man three word man of the match report. Parker, who finished second? I'll just put my black armband on for this one. <laughs> uh, it, it was it was the only player to get a vote every single week. Right. At least one vote in every single match. The only player in the whole squad to manage that. And that was Brody Croft. Brody Croft. Now, people tell me he didn't have a great season. And yet, when you look at three-word match reports, he must have done something right. Because, like I say, he get votes every week. So, people were seeing something in him, quite clearly. And, and I agree. I, I, I think he got un, unnecessary, well, not stick, but... Probably not as enough praise last year. A great player, and obviously, sadly now on this day as all days, he's he's moved on. Yeah, second place finish for Brody, Paul. Like like people say, he was he was a class act, solid defensively. Obviously, moved on to Pastors New now, but like Parky said, these three word match reports gives you a, an idea of what people thought of him. Yeah, I've, I've heard a few people say this season he's not been as effective, he's not been as good, he's this, that and other. My answer to that is you don't know anything about rugby league. If, if you're saying that about him, you know nothing. Because I remember the Catalan game away from home, uh, we got absolutely battered that day. He was one of the best players on the pitch. I think he made about five line breaks, he did about 20-odd tackles. Yeah, he, he's not playing in a side that's winning matches every week like they were doing last season, but you've just got to look at the work that he does and the breaks he's making, the try assist, the, the, you can see a standout player and he is a standout player. And I think if he gets in a side that's got that bigger pack and got that protection around him and he works with another halfback that's on his level as well, like he's got Sneed at Salford, and I think we were probably two or three players short of a really, really good side. Whether he'll get that at Leeds, I'm not too sure, but he's he's a he's a he's a class player. He's a class act, and you know I think I think he'll do well for Leeds because he's got a good attitude as well. He's, he's a worker. He's not somebody who, who sort of does a great break and then pats himself on the back and hides out in the the, the three quarter line. The amount of tackling he does and the bravery that he shows, he'll tackle anything. Someone runs at him and he'll put you down. He's a, he's a really good defender as well. So so I thought he'd be in the top. Top two or three, definitely, because he was so consistent for me. So, so yeah, I think it's a, it's a real shame that he's gone because he was a, a real top player for us and still a bit gutted, but 
I think he deserves his, his second place, if not first place for me. Yeah, I'm going to hold on and not announce the winner of that just yet, Parker. We're going to move on to the ladies and their player of the year, Devil in Detail, player of the year 2023. Five nominations. We shortlisted them, put it out for our listeners to vote on. And the final three are in third place, Parker, Alex Simpson. Top try scorer, knows where the line is. She's got X Factor. She's a leader, great in defence, top pro for me. Yeah, yeah, right. So I think the other week when we were sort of announcing them, it, it was difficult with the ladies, really difficult, because there's so many contenders who was, uh, she was clearly one of them, that were that were of a level. Do you know what I mean? They were so It was so evenly matched right across. And she, she's a, she's, the, the good thing is, that you, you find with Alex, is that she, it's consistency. <laughs> The same every week. She doesn't have peaks and troughs. She doesn't have a great game and then yeah, it, every game's of a of a great level. She's solid, like you say. She knows where the line is, and yeah, no, that that doesn't surprise me at all. I hope I, I don't know what the team's going to be next year. I don't know what's what's happening, who's staying, who's going, or anything. We don't know about the ladies less than we know about the the, the men's at the moment. We feel <laughs> a little bit like mushrooms with that. So yeah, it'd be interesting. But hopefully, she's one of them because she'll be. Another year wiser, another year better, and a massive cog in that team. Yeah, obviously finishing third, she, she probably she was within touching distance of first, but it shows how good of a player she is. Yeah, certainly. I think I think from what you've been saying, the voting's pretty close, isn't it? I think you've had some real star performers this season, and I think the team has really progressed, hasn't it, with the <laughs> with the promotion, playing it some tough teams as well and I think that the, the voting's probably shown that the, the, how, how close it's been between the, between the ladies and how well they played this year yeah so second place in the definitely detailed ladies player of the year 2023 was Brogan Evans Parker all action brave as a lion top tackler in Super League, top carrier in Super League, shift positions from uh, interchange hooker to loose forward beginning of this season and has been absolutely inspirational. Fantastic player. Won, I think, the club's Ladies Player of the Year award as well. Uh, but she didn't win ours. I'm, I'm slightly shocked at that. I'll, I'll lay it out there. I voted for her. I thought she was Player of the Year. She's an absolute dynamo. Really is. Like, like we said the other early in the year she switched positions and it was natural it just didn't it doesn't you know I mean some players it'll take a while to click in you know I mentioned Callum Watkins before where he transformed from a centre to a back rower she, she's she's everywhere she's fearless as well absolutely fearless and I don't know if you've heard of being interviewed she's actually quite funny but she, she, she knows what she's talking about as well she knows the game she understands I, I am a bit surprised at that. I thought she was. I thought she'd have won it. So it'd be interesting to see who has won it. But uh, no, she's she's a great, a really good player, really good. And like you said, just puts a knockdown sometimes, and you go, "What are you doing in there?" You know, get. But that's that, that's the role that she plays, and a, a massive. I mean, she's a massive key to any success that we might have in the in the future. I think she's someone we've got to keep hold of because I think other teams, certainly Super League teams, will, will look at her and take her. Yeah. She's like I say, she's inspirational. Paul works works so hard. Like I say, top tackler, the top carrier in, in Super League shows the the energy and the engine she's got. Yeah, certainly, certainly. I know a big favourite of yours as well, Rob. 
like you said, terrific engine, terrific work rate, and had a tremendous season and, and, and scooped the the uh, scooped the player awards at, at, at the club, didn't she? So uh, so yeah, I'm waiting with bated breath here to actually come first. Whoever's come first has had a good season, man. Yeah. So the winner of the ladies Devil in the Detail podcast player of the year 2023 is Sage Bannister Parker new to the club in 2023 slotted in at fullback uh, at the beginning of the season and was sensational always in the right place at the right time decision making was was first class scored some fantastic tries through the season two tries against Castleford an 80 metre effort against Cardiff I think it was great defence against Lee Every team needs a Sage Bannister to be successful. And I think I'm so glad that our listeners voted for her to be the Devil in Detail podcast player of the year 2023. Yeah, I get that. I get that. I can see that she has been. I mean, her try scoring alone, something like you've just said there, she, she knows where the line is. She's, she's rapid, but also sort of got them. They're sort of, what, what's the word I'm looking for? I suppose silky skills. Isn't it? They, they get you through them spaces that he shouldn't be going through. But it was going to be a problem for us playing, picking a full-back for the team. We had Lucy McKeown last year, all season, who was who scored tries for fun. It was rapid. I don't know what happened this year, to be fair. I've not, not seen her. She's still at the club or what? So to, to fill that role, I mean, full-back, it's not an enviable role. It's not a great role to play. There's a lot of pressure on it. I think Sage really was set to, to just play wing, wasn't she? I think that was going to be her thing, but... No, she's she's been she has been good. I I, I didn't yeah I, I probably overlooked Sage a little bit there, but yeah she's she's had a really good season. Some of them tries well worth watching back. If you've not seen them, they'll be on RDTV or or wherever you probably find them on YouTube or something. Have a look at them because they're as good as anything you'll see in, in the men's game. So yeah, no, that's that's really deserved. I get that, and yeah, as much as much as I, I voted for for Brogan, I'll I can accept that. It's a, it's a decent choice. Yeah, Emerald Hickey said I think it was her first season in Rugby League, which blew my mind, Paul, because obviously we get to see the games and uh, sort of the movement and decision-making. You know, I've thought, no, she's done, she must have done this before. I, I think she's a worthy winner. She, she was brilliant, like I said. You know, the tries against Castleford, the tries against Cardiff. You know, what a player. Yeah, no, fantastic, yeah. And like you said, I've seen some of the tries from uh, some of the games where you've sent me the videos and that pace to burn. Absolute pace to burn and a tremendous season and, and let's hope we can keep it up for next season now. So uh, yeah, a, a definite worthy winner. Yeah. So here's Sage Bannister receiving her award. Devil in the detail. Um, devil in the detail. You are Marty's Chosen their player of the year. So the devil in the detail player of the year goes to Sage Bannister. Yeah! Sage Bannister receiving a Devil in the Detail 
Ladies Podcast Player of the Year 2023. Congratulations for everyone on the podcast, and uh, we look forward to a successful 2024. So here's the big one, Parker. Devil in the detail, podcast player of the year, men. Lots of runners. It's very, very tight. Could be anybody. Well, yeah, just like you say, just to mention a couple that literally missed out on, on the third place. And I mean, literally by, by one and, and two votes were, were, were Big King V, mm. who came on really strong in the back end of the season and had a, had a great run and, and picked up quite a few of the matches along the way there. Um, Kenny Seal and, and Mr. Utility himself, Chris Atkin. Mm-hmm. Them three just missed out. I mean, Chris Atkin, if he played every week, would probably walk away with it. He's, he's superb, isn't he? Doesn't matter where you stick him, he just does it. But yeah, so without further ado, the 2023 Devil in the Detail, hopefully not cursed, man of the match, three word match report winner is Ryan Briley. Ryan Briley with the three word man of the match award win. We'll have his acceptance speech shortly, but we'll go on to the, the, the main one. The Devil in the Detail Podcast Player of the Year. Third place in that poll was Chris Atkin. Like you said, Parker was a close contender in the three-word match report. So, man of the matches. But, like I say, he's Mr. Reliable. He's Mr. Versatility. Brave as a lion. And, obviously, finishing third in, in such a sort of a tight, close-run thing shows how good he is. I think, I think it does. I think it shows... For someone who doesn't play every week, or doesn't certainly doesn't start every week, what, what a phenomenal player he is, and how lucky we are to him. We say we've said it a thousand times how lucky we are. He does play anywhere. I think he's only prop. He's probably not played, and he could probably do that quite quite well. But some of the games he's had this year have been brilliant. He speeds the game up. He, his reading of the game is is brilliant. I mean, we forget that he was he was a first choice halfback, Super League halfback, but okay, before he came to us, he's not he's not. Some lad we've just picked up from I don't know Blackpool Borough or something. He's he's a quality player, and I think he gets in quite a few Super League teams straight away. Mm. And I certainly think the bottom three or four teams last year could have done with him. So yeah, we're very lucky to have him, and I'm delighted we've tied him down. Hopefully, he's one of them doesn't go anywhere. So yeah, third place in a team like that when you don't play every, when you don't start every week, is a great, it's a great effort. Yeah. Chris Atkin, Paul, third place finish. What, 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 what's more to say? Oh, Chris Atkin's a quality player. I think he's a quality player, quality bloke as well. He does everything right. He's my dad always says to me every week he took some hammer. He takes loads of hammer. He always says that every week he always sort of come off and battered and bruised, and he's always in the wars. He's always he's a brave, such a brave player. You know, he'll go there and do this tough. So he'll put his head somewhere where he, where he shouldn't probably really, but. I, I admire him, full of admiration for him. He's he's one of them. He's so patient. You know, if he doesn't get his chance, he, he just carries on and just does as he's told. You know, you see that when you interview him, he's such a humble guy as well and a really nice fella. And, you know, I'm very, very proud we've got him in our club. And like Pike, he said, he was first choice halfback at Ulkara, wasn't he? And, and at Salford, he, it's more a hooking role that he plays, isn't it? But he's at home at most places in the team. And, you know, he's, he's much more than a utility player, I think, for us. I think he's, he's, he's real quality. Yeah. So the runner-up in the Devil of the Detail podcast player of the year, Parker, was Callum Watkins 
Obviously, we know he's one of your favourites. We've talked about him before in, in the three-word uh, Man of the Match reports. Runner-up behind the eventual winner. Show us how, how good he was. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's every week with him, isn't it? He's every week. How many times is he injured? I know he got suspended for a game for nothing. Very odd. The last game of the season, he came off with his arm all done in. A couple of weeks before, he'd done his knee in. Still turns up every week. He's a warrior, a real warrior. And, uh, just, just, just someone we, again, like you say about Chris Atkin, we're very lucky to have, very lucky to have Carl Mockins. I'm sure even now in his 30s, there would still be clubs in the Super League that would love to take him off us. Hopefully he's, he's tied down and staying and not going anywhere because that would be a killer. That really would. But he's a, he, he's just an all-round top rugby league player. Simple as that. Top pro, top player, great skills. Great work rate, great attitude, lovely fella, brilliant. And and doesn't surprise me that he's, he's number two. And like Paul said about the three-word match report, could have won it. Could have won any of it. So, yeah, glad he's here again next year. Yeah, it's character, it's culture, <laughs> uh, Paul, and he provides that. He's not a screamer, he's not a shouter. He inspires by the way he plays. And to be the runner-up in the Podcast Player of the Year award shows what the listeners think about as as well how, how, what he brings to this club and the team there's not many players in Super League knocking about in Super League now that's got the experience that Callum Watkins has got he's he's been there and done it how many grand finals he played in how many trophies has he won but you look at his record at Leeds I mean like I said I'm no lover of Leeds but you got to admire what he did there he was in a, in a cracking side there and a real household name I think in the sport a lot of people outside of the Salford bubble have heard of Callum Watkins. He's a quality player, international player, and great leader. Like like you said, he's not a big, loud sort of screaming sort of player, is he? He's a, a sort of quiet, humble guy, and he's he's very humble when he talks to him as well. But he's probably the most experienced player we've got in our in our squad, isn't he? He's, for the amount of games he's played, I bet he's not a far short of three hundred matches is he, throughout his career. So no one, I think he's about thirty two. So I, I'm hoping he's got a few more years left in him. I think he's been a revelation since we moved him to the back row. I think he's took to it like a duck to water. He's so solid, he's so big as well. I think Parky's commented that a few times, and I was never, never that sure. But seeing him close up, he's massive. He really is a, a very imposing figure, and yeah, I think he's going to going to do a great job for us next season. Well, we're going to need players like Callum next year. So, the winner of the Devil in the Detail Podcast Player of the Year 2023 is Ryan Briley. Parker, double winner. What can you say? He's one of our own. Yeah, I think he swept up at the at the club awards really as well, didn't he? It just shows what a season, what an influence he is. And when you listen to him, when you listen to him being interviewed, and you, I've listened to him on podcast, and you see him on BBC doing his bit on there or whatever, he he's just. I mean, he's great to listen to. He's just a, a, a bit like Paul Rowan. You can see why they get on so well. He's a rugby league mad, isn't he? He knows he knows the game inside out, and he's he's learned. And he said he said in a, an interview this year that he's now playing the best rugby of his career. When he's he's learned over time that his games had to change. He couldn't just be a try scorer. He couldn't just back people up. He had to contribute more. And and him, Croft and and, and Sneed and Ackers this year, the four of them made this this sort of connection with each other. I know it happened last year as well that. They they know each other's game. They they follow each other. They understand how each other played, and he's such a, a vital part of what we do. 
And it, the, I mean, the fullback role's changed so much in, in 20, 30 years. Um, but he is the, a great modern day fullback. He's, he's brilliant at what he does. He's safe under the high ball, generally. He's, he, he reads the game well defensively. A couple of times this season where he's tracked back and the one cast away. And he ran back 50, 60 metres to catch their player, uh, drag him over the, the, the touchline, that kind of, like the Nile Levels one a few years back, is that kind of thing. And, and being a Salford fan, it means more to him than just putting on a shirt and going playing. He's putting on his shirt and going playing. And he plays, he plays for Salford the way we would, the way we'd want to if we could. If we had his ability and 20 years younger or whatever. But yeah, he's, he's been, been brilliant for us and, and rightly so. It's an easy decision this year, I think, for him to, to, to sweep up all the way across the board. Yeah, talking about listening to him on the BBC, you don't have to do that. Here he is now, accepting his award. So, Ryan, you've been, uh, you've been, we won two awards tonight. First one was uh, the podcast player of the year. Yeah. How'd you feel? Yeah, surprise, you got me, you've rattled me here. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, good. Um, I think I said out there, I think um, I see a lot of Soul fans listen to this podcast, and <clears throat> I feel like the people who listen to that podcast are, are my people. I always get told on a, a weekly basis of what you've said and um, from my family as well. So, um, yeah, you've got me here. Yeah, uh, thank you. Appreciate it. Obviously, it means a lot. Obviously, like you say, you're one of our own. Uh, there's your second award. That's uh, the three-word match report, man of the match one. That's part of all season as well. That, you know, like, yeah, yeah, I think it might be why you won it. <laughs> yeah, um, I was saying before, I said the sports players, yeah, I said it's, uh, it helps when you've got 12 family members voting for you every week. So, um <laughs> No, again, I think it's nice to be recognised um, by people who support you week in, week out. Um, obviously, I know how, how loyal you guys are, and um, that certainly goes on, not, doesn't go unnoticed. I think, as a, as a Solver fan myself, I know I've been a part of this voting pro, uh, voting system for a number of years, and voting for my, for my favourite players in the past. So to be recognised amongst them is, um, yeah, um, yeah, you've, you've rattled me here. So yeah, thank you. Brilliant. Congratulations and uh, we'll see you in 2024. Cheers. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. So that was Ryan Briley accepting his award from me and you, Paul, after the Catalan game. And he actually looked quite shocked, didn't he? He did. He got a bit emotional, didn't he, Rob? He did. And he sort of gave us a big compliment saying that his family listened to the podcast and things like that. And I think he just hit home to me how much of a Salford supporter he was when... He is, he's one of us, isn't he, really? He's been watching Salford for a long time and as a kid he was watching Salford and I think that's what makes it more special, I think, for Ryan Briley. And I think I saw him come out on Twitter, actually, today saying about the Brodie Croft thing and, and how much he sort of... I can't remember what his exact words were, but he sort of said it as a supporter, really. And, you know, I think he genuinely does care, doesn't he, about the club and about how the club goes. And I've got so much time for him. I remember when he first signed and... It was a cup game at Wigan. And we got beat 20 nil last last season, and he was getting so much stick from the supporters behind me, and he was slagging him off. And, and he, his confidence seemed really down. And I don't know what happened. He, he just seemed to click a few weeks after that, and I don't know what it was. And he started playing really well. And I think people warmed to him. And we got that chant going. He's one of our own. And you know, he's a player that's had to he's had to work for the admiration of the supporters. I think I don't think they instantly took to him. I think it's took time and I think he's he's become one of us because of his, his performances. I think, you know, well, the the awards speak for themselves, don't need to win both those awards and 
he won the club award as well. I think you've done something right there. I think he's had a terrific season. Mm. Catalan at home for me, Paul. That was his turning point in his whole for sure. Stuck his head through the line once, and then from then on, he was he's, he's been tremendous. So, yeah, what a player! It, it, it means it, it meant the world to him. You could you could tell. Yeah. But yeah, what a player! Fantastic. Congratulations. Ryan, congratulations, Sage, on, on your awards in 2023. And we look forward to more in 2024. I want to say big thanks also to our listeners for, for, for voting over 500 uh, votes. Parker was, was, was tremendous. I had to condense the, 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 the actual poll because it was coming towards the end of the season. But still, over, what, a week's pretty good, that. Yeah, very much so. Very much. Quite. Quite surprised that that is yeah, more than I, I thought. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, pointless without without listeners. Absolutely pointless, isn't mm. it, to, to run anything. And their, their interaction is, is much light, but obviously we need it. We need we need to know what people think. We need to know what you think. I mean, at the moment, it's easy to go on Twitter and read absolute drivel or, or some people coming out with, you know, what, what we consider sensible points. But it'd be nice for... People let us know, let us know on, on here on via our Twitter page what they what they feel at the moment and, and maybe we can express for them if they need you know what I mean, if they're not wanting to to come out themselves or whatever, and we we can we can do this because I know that certain members of the club do listen to what we what we say, whether they take any notes <laughs> for them, but fans may have a point and we could be that that voice for them if, if needs be. So, you know, we we we're here for that and uh, happy to help. Yeah. Obviously, it's three lads and a laptop, Paul. But without the listeners, like Parky said, it's just it's, there's nothing there, is it? It's a it's a community. It's engagement. It's it's everything and, and more. Yeah, the listeners make it, Rob. Don't they? the listeners are what you do it for, don't you? And you, uh, we we do the reports and the videos and daft stuff like that. You do it for them, don't you? And people who, who can't get to the game and, and they might want to listen to us and you know find out what's gone on. So. No, that that's what it's all about. I think the listeners make the show, don't they? And they enjoy it. We enjoy reporting for them and, and, and chatting about it. And I think it works really, really well. I think we we've got a good thing going, haven't we? And I think we respect the supporters, and I think they respect us as well, don't they? Yeah, yeah. So that's the end of this week's podcast, Paul. Another great show. Lots of different topics covered. The big news with with Brody and Andy Akers today. Sort of a bit emotional, but. As a as a club, we, we we roll on. Yeah, I think I needed that today. I was like sort of plodding along at work, and I, I sat for sort of twenty minutes at dinner time. I had a cup of tea and on my own in my van, and I was desperate for someone to phone me up, and nobody phoned me, and I didn't like mirroring anybody else. So I just sort of plodded through the day on my own. But I think I needed to chat to you too tonight to get off me. I feel I feel okay. I'm feeling all right. You know, just keep our chins up, and like I said before, you, you just keep going, don't you? I mean. What do you do? You don't give up, do you? When a player leaves, it's not the end, the end is it? You, you just keep going, don't you? And you get knocked down, you get taken on a chin and, and just move on, don't you? And I think Salford supporters, we're used to that, aren't we, over the years? It's going to be tough. We're always good for a call, Paul. Anytime you need <laughs> me and Parker, ring. Well, actually, don't ring Parker because he never picks up. <laughs> <laughs> is that right, Parker? Can you confirm or deny that? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. He's in bed. Yeah, no, look, I mean, I, I just want to sort of echo what, what Paul was saying before about, well, we were saying off air, sorry, earlier on about people going on, these are the worst time, worst Salford team, worst club, worst this, that and the other. 
If this is as bad as you've seen it, you've not watched us very long, have you? I mean, I, I, we mentioned earlier about the, the early 80s, how, how grim it was. I mean, wow, with 1,300 people turning up at the Willows and stuff like that. It was, it, there were tough times. And then you go on to, 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 to later times, the 2000s, late 90s, 2000s, we had some absolutely awful times. And then if, anyone, if anyone's forgotten the church hall yeah. and what happened that night... And you think this is bad. Just just think back to that night when, when we thought it all gone. The whole dream had died. We didn't have a club anymore. Nobody wanted us. We had no money. We'd gone bankrupt. We, we were basically gone. That was it. And it felt like a death in the family. Now, for all them fans now that are saying, that's it, I'm not going, I'm giving up. Just Just think about that. Think about that. And you might not have your club forever. So I just say, just keep watching. Because when it's gone, it's gone. And without you, it, it will go. So just reconsider. We'll get through this. I'm as annoyed as everybody else, but we, we've got to be realistic. It's about balancing books. I, I don't want to be Swinton. No disrespect or some some disrespect. But I, I want to be Salford. I want to be Super League Salford. And if this is what it takes to be there, then it's a sacrifice we have to make. Wow, what a way to finish there, Park. I had a lump in my throat there. That was that was amazing. Yeah, so that's the end of this week's podcast. Like you say, we've got the podcast awards in two weeks' time. We'll keep you updated with that. If we come back victorious, we'll, we'll let you know. So big thanks for joining us on this Devon The Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkson, and uh, you can find us on Devon The Detail SRD. Find us on Twitter at DITDSRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact, Spotify, and YouTube. I want to say good luck, Reds, but chin up, Reds. We'll see you soon. Ha, 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 ha.